Welcome to Digital First Leadership, the podcast that focuses on helping leaders and teams understand how to master the language of social media in today's digital first world. Jeff, thank you for coming back. You had been on the show earlier and we talked a lot about your your book, uh, Winning the Six-Figure Sale, and then the 10-step process you would put in place. But in our last episode where you joined us, we only got through the first three. There was so much good information there. Um, first of all, for those who uh, are listening, Jeff, uh, Jeff, introduce yourself. How, would, yeah. how do you introduce yourself? So I help sales leaders in technology uh, win big deals with a proven three-step system uh, that I invented while running the Canadian subsidiary of some, some large U.S. tech companies up here in Canada. Now, we talk about those three-step system, but in, in our last episode, we covered three steps of what was that, part one? I, I, yes, exactly. Yeah, right. And exactly. so there's, and so if we were to, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper. First of all, just as a highlight, what are those three steps titled as? Right. So, you know, the first, the, the first step is you got to get your deal improved internally. So we talk about some of the questions I would ask in the review about how do you get your deal improved internally? Then we talk about budget and authority, need and a timing. So those are the, those are the steps at the front end of your deal around how do you qualify whether your deal is actually going to move forward before you spend a lot more time on your complex sales campaign. Okay. So once you've got, you know, did my, did my boss approve me making this sales pitch? That's number one. And number two is have I identified budget and authority and need and time timing? And then we step into the, the actual starting of the sales process, right? Well, well, the, you know, the first three steps are part of the process. You know, in my review process, I have a rapid assessment review, which is those three steps. Before you spend a lot of time on a deal you can't win, let's make sure it's qualified. So those three steps are qualification. And then the next, the next steps from four to 10 are all about a sales strategy review. So once you know the deal is qualified, what's your strategy to go win it? And that's where I cover off a bunch of steps and I can just list them and then we can dive into a couple uh, in more detail. Absolutely. Let's, let, so th let's talk about that. What are those steps now that once you start to work the deal? Oh, okay. So in the sales strategy review, I talk about, you know, first thing is, do you have a solution fit? You know, do you have a solution to the customer's problems. Then do you have a winning sales strategy other than low price? We talk about that. Have you got a competitive edge in your deal? We talk about what that is and the, the value a coach brings you in that process. Then we talk about value-added partnering. If you're not doing the deal direct, if you're a vendor and you got a partner, how do you make sure you and your partner, one plus one equals three, right? Then I talk about customer success before you get your purchase order. Then we talk about the steps around negotiating the deal. Sounds straightforward, but there's a lot of complexity in negotiating deals. And then finally, I talk about next step action planning. How does that sales rep keep track of all these steps and stakeholders across multiple complex sales campaigns? So all those steps are things that reps who go through complex sales campaigns have to pay attention to. And I'm guessing the fact that you wrote the book and you've actually developed this based on your experience, I'm guessing that most don't. Most of them don't go through this process. Is that accurate? You know, well... It's interesting. Most reps and sales leaders, and I'll talk about leaders for a moment. Most leaders get their jobs because they're great salespeople, whether they're men or women. They've been successful in sales. Somebody says, you know, you'd be a good manager and they anoint them. Most sales leaders, and by definition, most sales reps, 
run their business by instinct and experience, right? They've got good instincts. They've got experience. Over time, they figure out what works and what doesn't work. And what I teach is rather than instinct experience, how about we get intentional and deliberate around the top 10 steps in a complex sales campaign? And people go intentional and deliberate. Yeah. You know, the example I use, Richard, is you're flying between Boston and New York City. And you're, you know, you're, you're settled into your seat. You see the pilot get on the plane. He's a silver head pilot. The pilot never jumps into the cockpit, looks at the co-pilot and goes, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. The weather is good. Let's batten this thing up and let's get going. What does the pilot do? He goes through a manual checklist to make sure he doesn't miss any steps or stakeholders that could cause him to lose souls. Now, sales reps, if you, you know, if you lose too many deals, you, you don't die, but bad things happen to sales reps and sales leaders who miss their commit too often, right? And so, you know, the, the, the reason I use an example is sales reps and sales leaders, when they go through the process, they go, yeah, those are the top 10 steps. But, you know, I start my program and I ask them, can you name the top 10 steps in a complex sales campaign? And usually, even experienced sales leaders get five or six. They don't get all 10, and yet they need to do all 10 because if they're not, their competitor likely is. So that's why I go, let's just step back. Let's follow a roadmap. Here are 39 questions through the first step and the second step. You know, and, and sure enough, sales leaders go, you know, this takes a long time. And I go, well, which section would you like to take out? Right. Look at me like I have two heads. Well, I, really, we can't take out anything. I go, exactly. So that's why I walk them through this process. I help sales leaders get intentional and deliberate about helping their sales teams run complex sales campaigns. So as we step through that, what would be, uh, what, what do we start? Because we covered those first three in the last episode. So what would be next? So, so you know, solution fit, I think technical people talking to technical, they, they pretty much have that figured out. The sales rep often has a pre-sales SE, so th they can solve the, does this thing fit? But something as simple as a winning sales strategy, you go, what's your sales strategy to win other than low price? Oh, I go, who's the, who's the incumbent provider? You'd be surprised, Richard, at how many sales reps run a campaign in a customer, in a new customer, and don't know who the incumbent is. Yeah, who, then they I said, to, who they're trying to displace, who they're yeah. trying to, right? And, and then I say, who's your primary competitor, and what's their strategy to beat you? Oh, I, you know, and, and these are just, you know, if you thought about it long enough, you'd come up with these questions. Those are pretty straightforward uh, questions that you probably would want to ask yourself before you walked in there. You would think, but I can't tell you how many reviews I've done with reps, and I said, who's your primary competitor, and what's their strategy to beat you? And I get blank stares. You know, we're in the technology business. You know, if you're a server vendor or a storage vendor, I go, what part of the customer's internal strategy is competitive with your solution? What do you mean, Jeff? What about cloud? Oh, well, we don't sell cloud. Well, your customer is thinking about SaaS or cloud as an alternative to right. on-prem. Have you considered it? No, I haven't. You know, so that, you know... You know, if I was to internalize that for our organization, because as you're talking, I'm thinking about what we do. And, and one of the things is, is that, okay... We teach salespeople how to use LinkedIn primarily to become more effective at opening doors, closing business, and that type of thing. And so then if I was to ask those questions, right, who are my competitors? Well, there's coaches and that type of thing, but it might not be. And how am I winning strategy that doesn't involve price? And it's like, oh, and then that's where we've developed things like 
online video courses afterwards where we've developed right coaching series where there's curriculum, there's all kinds of things that can be added to the process that allows us then to have that flexibility. So I really like the fact that you're in essence codifying this process that we've kind of gone through naturally, but also I'm hoping Here's what I'm hoping, Jeff, that my competitors aren't asking that question because <laughs> I've been eating away at their business. So this is great. I like this. Okay, what do we got next? Well, well, so the next one is, have you got a competitive edge? You know, we've just been through the Winter Olympics. And, you know, the difference between winning and losing in, in Olympic skiing is thousands of a second. But in big deal selling, the difference between winning and losing is often not that big. So I, I, I talk to people about what's your competitive edge? You know, and I, I, I talk about do you have access to power, right? Have you met the key decision makers in person? And then most importantly, because you can win a big deal without access to power or meeting the VP of finance in person, I ask, who is the coach? Who is your coach? And are they helping you uh, gain key inside information that you can't get? Are they attending meetings that you're never going to get invited to? And in my right. experience, Richard, it's very tricky to win a big complex deal without somebody in the inside telling you how your campaign is resonating. So and most gonna, people I, do that informally, but don't think about consciously um, developing a coach. So again, I, as I internalize this, as I'm listening and I'm, I'm listening for my audience. So in my own business, uh, our competitive edge would probably be that for over a decade, we've worked closely with senior leadership in Silicon Valley from the CEO, senior sales leaders, global sales leaders, VPs of marketing. They all kind of know me because this is something I've been helping them individually and their organization. So as, you, as, you, as I hear you talking, our competitive edge continues to be access to, what'd you say? the Access to power. Access to power. Yeah. And when it starts at the top, it's very easy I've had many clients. One time I had a client say, I don't even know what you do here. I just know that you hang out with the CEO. Yeah, that's okay. I'll take that's, that as my competitive edge. That's a, that is a competitive edge, Richard. And getting access to power, you know, you have it. So you feel comfortable with it. But getting it, if, if it's a new customer, is not that easy. And often in tech sales, the IT director does not want you going above his head. Yeah, he, he, I'm making the decision. You work with me. And so access to power is pretty key. But having a coach that will help you navigate the internal politics and really just telling you, you know, whether your grenades are landing effectively is pretty important. So, it. so I that's, like that uh, I like that's that an important step. Um, you know, value added partnering. Uh, if you're on the vendor side, you know, is the deal registered? Have you got a written um, agreement on what? each of you is going to do in the deal. Most people don't do that. You know, when I was VP and, and, uh, and the two sales reps, the vendor rep and the partner rep weren't communicating very well, there was miscommunication. This thing would bubble up and I would get an angry call from the partner principal going, what the hell? I, I thought we were registered. And I'd go, uh, where's your deal registration number? Well, I don't have one. Well, I guess we weren't registered. And so I just tell reps, once you've agreed to partner, Put your agreement into a short email. I'm not looking for a legal document, a short email, which just identifies what we're both going to do. And, and sometimes, and you know, reps have happy ears. They go have a drink, go have lunch. Yeah. They hear what they want to hear. When you put it in writing, even a short email, it takes all the stress out of the system. So often in a complex sale, 
you are not going this alone. And that's what you're identifying here, right? And make sure that the, 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 whoever that you're doing this with, you're aligned in what those expectations, because almost never are you in there all by yourself. I totally agree. And, and, and so partnering with your ecosystem um, is, is step seven, value-added partnering. How do you bring value to the customer in the partnership we talk about? Um, the eighth one is one of my favorites. It's customer success. Okay. It seems okay. obvious, but uh, it, it often isn't. So, you know, what customer success means is what is your strategy as a salesperson to ensure customer success before you get your purchase order? What training is required? What implementation services? Who's going to do it? Thinking about not just the sale, but how will you install and support the customer after they've given you their money? And if you haven't thought through sell, install, support, another IBM acronym, um, you're going to end up with a customer who's not very happy out of the gate and who is not going to give you any future business until you solve their problems. And if you deeply discounted your deal, there's no money left to give the customer free training. You're in trouble right out of the gate. So we talk about customer success, and that's a step most, see, you know, most leaders and most all reps miss, even though they know how important it is. They just want to worry about it after their deal rather than before their deal. That's a, that's that a really sense? valid point, being able to see that, that through. Um, right. And sometimes as a small business, if you're trying to, if you're a small business trying to get these big deals, that means you sometimes have to make an investment in your own organization to prepare yourself to win that. And it's a bit of a gamble, right? Totally. Customers have expectations. And my, you know, what I try to teach salespeople and sales teams around this is um, make sure you know what their expectations are. And by not talking about them doesn't mean they don't have them. Yeah. Right. I thought you were going to train us. Well, that wasn't in the contract. Well, you know, what did you but guys say? It was sell? implied. So, it was like you didn't break, right? The, and so if you don't think through that for them, they're assuming that you are. Yeah, and if you yeah. don't, then you're going to be caught with a yeah. very dissatisfied yeah. customer and yeah. lack of repeat business. Yeah. And, and think about it. Sales reps do this for a living. They go sell customers all the time. Well, customers don't buy complex technology solutions all the time. So, you know, they haven't thought this all through and they really expect their salespeople, their sales teams to have thought through and be thinking about their, their customer's success as part of the selling process. But most people don't. So this is a, you know, this is a way for salespeople to get ahead of this, have happy customers, which everybody wants, who will give them repeat value. So that's, that's one I enjoy. The ninth one surprises people. It's negotiating the deal. Right. So that seems pretty straightforward. And then I say, so Ms. Sales Rep, what's the customer strategy to negotiate with you? Well, what do you mean? Well, they have professionally trained procurement people yep. whose job it is to deal with salespeople. Yep. So, you know, if you give the IT director your firm and final offer, you've got your best discount from your boss, you've given it to your, to your IT person and they go, oh, great, we're getting close. The last step is you got to work with procurement to negotiate the deal. Well, wait, I thought I was negotiating. No, that was with me. I'm happy. Now go make procurement happy. And, oh. the, and procurement, and if I understand it right, they are compensated on how aggressively they can help the company cut, that, cut you down. They often are. And this is where having a coach is so valuable. So I would tell the rep, go have a chat with your coach and have them explain to you what their procurement strategy is. 
Well, first the IT guy wants to get, or gal wants to get the best price. Then it goes into procurement. They're bonused on how much discount they can get off the deal. And then it goes to the final, you know, VP for a rubber stamp. If you don't understand those three steps, you know, you blow it all on the first step. You got nothing left and you have a very difficult negotiation, both with your, both with your customer and internally. Because your boss says, hey, I thought you just asked me for discount. That's all I have. Go make it work. And now you're stuck. So I just encourage reps in that step to think through what is the negotiation going to get like? And they need to do it as they architect their deal. Now, maybe not at the very beginning, but before they get too far along and give away the farm, they should anticipate what's coming. And most salespeople don't. And then they get, especially with a brand new customer, they've never been through it. So I would say, so some reps say to me, well, Jeff, I don't know. It's a new customer. Well, there's two ways to figure it out. Ask your coach. I don't have one. Go develop one. Anybody else in your ecosystem already sold to that customer? Yeah. Go talk to them. Go talk to them. But while it might be different product, the process is likely the same. So yeah, they go, oh, wow. In our last minute here, what would be number 10? Because we're, we're about out of time. Yep. So what was to be that last one there? The next step is how are you keeping track of all the things we just talked about? And, right? that, and so what's the short answer? Because that sounds hard. Well, the short answer is, are you taking notes through the review? I can't tell you how many reps go through an hour review didn't take a single note. So are you taking notes, identifying action steps, who's responsible on your team and when it's due by? And that one simple sheet of here's the action item that we trapped. Here's what I got to go find out. Who's Here's who's going to do it. Here's when it's due by is a way for me as a sales leader to see if the rep left the review with an action plan that's documented and they can go execute. And again, you'd be amazed at how many reps saunter into this one hour review of all this. Think of all the stuff we talked about in 20 minutes, right? A yeah. way to keep track of that. Plus all the other deals in your head who don't actually keep track of action steps and due dates. And that's a way for reps to keep themselves and their teammates accountable in a sales campaign. Jeff, this has been fantastic information. I've benefited something from it and I got to believe that our listening audience has as well. How can they track you down and get some more information about this? Uh, visit salesleadersonly.com and go click the link that says um, my course. It's okay. right on the top of the website. It says click here to watch a video. They'll watch a 14 minute video. I describe more about the process that we just talked about that can then calendar, you know, they can then schedule a meeting with me right on the webpage and we can chat and see if I can help them. That'll work. Jeff, this has been great. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Richard. My pleasure. You've been listening to Digital First Leadership, the podcast where you learn to leverage and build your expertise on digital platforms. For more valuable tips on mastering the language of social media, subscribe to our newsletter at blisspointconsult.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, feel free to add Richard on LinkedIn and join the conversation.